Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow Him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy. Um, Hey, I'm so glad to be back with you guys. How many have been with us for the past few weeks doing all the Welcome Week stuff? So Chick-fil-A, and Boomers, and the Movie Night. Um, Excellent pick, all those of you who voted on Shrek. That is like a boo, boo you, no way. I will say it is not quite the superior movie. Like I feel like Shrek is up there with one of the best movies of all time. And then in like an elite category, all on its own is Nacho Libre, which lives up here. But we don't want to. We've watched that movie like 17 times, and so good call on Shrek. You guys made a great pick. Either way, guys, we're glad to be back with you. Um, you're vol- the, all the leaders are here. We're excited to start this year with you. So if you're here for the first time with us on a Wednesday night, this is probably overwhelming. This is probably a lot to handle. But like Robert said, what we um, know is that no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, it's always awkward to walk into a new place for the very first time. So we just ask that if you are in this new place for the very first time, this is driving me nuts that if you are in this new place for the very first time, that you would just give us, a, give us some time, like figure out who we are, we get to figure out who you are. We think if you give us eight weeks or so, you'll feel a lot more comfortable walking in these doors because I know on, on day one, it's like, oh my goodness, what am I getting myself into? And so, um, but if you are returning, you've been here before, you kind of have an idea of, of what's going down here. And as we get into this year, as we get into the Wednesday nights again, as we get into this new series, there's a lot of things I'm excited about and instead of, well, I was going to just list a bunch of things we're excited about, but let me, let's jump into tonight's message and start our new series together, and then that'll kind of inform some of the things that I want to tell you about what I'm really excited about. So let me just say a quick prayer for us in our time, and then we'll get into it. Lord Jesus, thank you for each and every person that is in this room, for those who have called FCC home for a very long time, or those who got dropped off tonight for the very first time, and everywhere in between, God, we trust that you have a sovereign will and a sovereign plan for each person in this room, and that your plan for each of us is a good one. And so I ask that you would just be with us. We invite your Holy Spirit into this time, that you would just guide us into your word, guide us into relationship and fellowship with the people here, and that we might leave here tonight knowing you more. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. I'm going to ask you a question that you might have never been asked, but yet it's something that you use every single day. And you may not have thought about this in this way ever before, but it's something you use every single day and probably have never even thought, what is that actually? And so I want to, I want to just ask you, what is a word? What's a word? The four-letter, it's a word, a W-O-R-D. What, what is a word? Letters. It's letters. It's a what? Remix of the alphabet? That's a good way to put it. <laughs> you got Dom on that one. Yeah, go for it, Colson. It's a noise that people understand. All right. Go for it. Um, you guys. It's a word. Okay. What did you say? Combination of a thought. All right, Vince, go for it. The bird is the word. The bird is the word. Savannah, go for it. Sounds with meaning. All right, okay. 
We've got 17 different definitions for something we use every single day. In fact, there probably has not been a day of your life that has gone by that you haven't used a word since you knew how to speak, whether you wrote it or said it or typed it out, right? We use words every single day, and yet what are they? At the end of the day, what I really think they are, no matter how you use them, no matter in what context you use them, a word really is, it's, it's a way to communicate, right? Like, I'm going to use words whether I speak them or I text them or I write them down or I type them out. I use words to communicate. Right now, I'm using words, a bunch of words stuck together that makes a sentence and a bunch of sentences makes a thought and a bunch of thoughts makes a sermon. I'm using these words. It's a, what a word really is. It's a communication tool. It's a way for me to take something that's in my heart and in my head and to let you know what it is. Does that make sense? Right? Like, so I got these thoughts in here. I've got these feelings in here. And my words are a way for you to kind of understand what's going on in here and in here. And at the end of the day, the words, even the words that I'm speaking now and the jokes that I tell, although most are not that funny, either way, the words that I am speaking, they are kind of an overflow of my, of my character. They, they come from who I am, my nature. And whether you hear this sermon now or you watch it back later online or listen on the podcast or were to read a transcript of it at some point, no matter what, it's still me, right? All these words are still me, no matter when you heard them. So the words that I speak and the words that I wrote down here on my notes, they're all, they're all me. Think about this. When you, like, when you text a friend, when you check in on how they're doing or you put it on Snapchat or you DM someone or, or maybe you don't have a phone yet so you have to still write letters to your friends, I don't know. When you, or write an essay, when you type out an essay and send it in, no matter what, right, like, you're writing something that's coming out of your self, out of your heart, out of your head, or like, if you're going back and forth with someone, you're texting someone, and they respond to you, you're hearing from them, and their heart, and their head, and their words, you're connecting with them. Words are, are pretty amazing, right? They, they give you a window into someone else's, let's just say their soul, in a sense, Think about this, like my heart and my, you know, what my emotions and my feelings and my thoughts and what I believe about things, it's connected up to my brain, which is connected. If I was going to, let's say I was going to text Mitch something, be like, Mitch, I love you, Mitch, you're bro. If I was going to say that to him in a text message, that thought would come from my heart to my head, which would go into my thumbs, which would then go onto a cell phone, which would then like go to a cell tower and through a bunch of wires to another cell tower, then get blasted out to Mitch's phone, and then he sees it on his display, and then he reads it with his eyes, and then from his eyes into his head, and then hopefully he feels it in his heart that I love Mitch, right? So it's interesting. These words, no matter what their journey is, they really are meant to connect people's hearts and minds and souls together. They're communication tools. And when you read from famous authors, you're reading words that are directly from this author's heart. You're getting to know about them and who they are. Words are words, yes, but they are a powerful, powerful tool. Check this out. Words are a powerful tool for connecting with someone's heart. And what I'm holding in my hand here is a collection of a lot of words. In fact, there are over 780,000 words in the pages of this book. 
And it's words on words on words on words. There's a lot of words that are stories. There's a lot of words that are history. A lot of words that are songs and poetry and prophecy. All of them are full with words. But at the end of the day, the words that are in these pages, just like the words you're hearing from me now, just like the words you text your friends, just like the words you put in your essays, these words are meant to connect one person to another. Words are meant to connect you to the heart of the person who wrote it. But I want to just insert this one, this one idea, even though words are meant to connect us. Have you ever gotten a very, like, you're texting a friend, and then things start to get heated, or maybe, like, something gets brought up from the past, and then the messages get longer and longer and longer, and then all of a sudden you're reading a paragraph, and then you're, like, scrolling seven pages? Or did you ever get an email? I, maybe some of you don't email yet, but you, maybe your parents have expressed this, or maybe you've seen this, or maybe you're a leader and you know this. You get an email, and it's super long. And you, as soon as you open it up, whether it's that text message or that email, as soon as you see a bunch of words, you're, you start to think, oh my goodness, this is overwhelming. Like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to read that. Have any, have any of you, let's just see who's guilty. Has anyone ever opened up an email and been like, or a text message and be like, yeah, that's too long. I'm not going to read that. Woo! All right. My people. My people. Maybe... Maybe the amount of words makes that message feel overwhelming. Maybe you just don't have the time. Or maybe you just don't care what the message says. Sometimes we don't read the messages because it just seems overwhelming. Sometimes we're just out of time. And sometimes we might not even care what's in that message. In this Bible, there's over 780,000 words. And though many of us know that these are God's words, they'll connect us with God's heart, many of us struggle with reading it because, like a long email or an overwhelming text message, there is a lot of words. I don't know where to start. Maybe I don't have the time for it. Maybe it feels overwhelming. Or maybe, just maybe, I don't care what the message even says. Maybe you've said things like that. I don't know where to start. I don't understand it. I just don't have the time for it. Or maybe it's just challenging and it makes me uncomfortable. Or maybe it seems outdated or irrelevant. What I want to do right now is ask you to do yourself a giant favor. A fa- favor? No. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to do yourself a giant favor. And that favor, I would like for you guys to take a moment to be honest with yourself, okay? I'm not gonna ask you to turn to your friend and share the answer, but I'm gonna ask you to give yourself an honest answer because you owe it to yourself to give yourself an honest answer. If you don't really know where you are right now, you're not gonna know how to get where you wanna be. I'll say that again. If you don't know where you are right now, you're never, it's gonna be hard to figure out where you want to be. So be honest with yourself. You owe it to yourself to answer this question honestly. And this question is, do you read the words in this book regularly? And by regular, I mean like more than five days a week. Just be honest with yourself. It's a simple question. Do you read the words of this book more than five days a week, regularly? And then I want you to be honest with yourself with a follow-up question. Why or why not? If you do, why do you do it? 
If you don't, why don't you do it? And I'm not asking you to share your answer. I'm asking you just to be honest with you in this moment. Maybe it's overwhelming. Maybe it seems outdated. Maybe it seems like there's just too many words. Maybe it seems like you don't have the time. Maybe it, it makes you uncomfortable. Maybe you don't even care what the message says. But you, do, should, you should just take a moment to be honest with the reason why for you. Because we all have a reason why or why not, but what is yours? What I found in talking to many of us is that at this stage of the game, Amy, though some might be reading their word regularly, connecting with the heart of God regularly, many of us would say, no, I don't. I don't actually read the word of God, the word of God regularly. And there's some reasons for that. But what I want to do is I'm not going to ask you to share your answer. Maybe you could, we'll do that in the life group. But I want to give you a big idea that may start to change your whole thinking on this book. This book is a lot of things, but I want to actually draw your attention to what this book says that this book is. You ever thought about that? Like, what does the Bible say that the Bible is? Check this out. John chapter 1, starting at verse 1. I want you to re read... Um, uh, follow along with me. It says, in the beginning, the word, capital W, capital W, which means what, uh, my, English, my English folks, uh, literary, what does a capital W stand for in a, in, a, in a thing? Yeah, go for it. It's a name. It's a proper noun. The word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We go back to our original question, guys. What is a word? A word communicates someone's heart. A word communicates someone's heart to you and to me. So let's take that a step further. Okay, well, what communicates God's heart to us? It would be God's word, right? God's, God's word. If words communicate the heart of someone, what communicates God's heart? God's words. You tracking? Does that make sense? Following along? Well, then we need to stop and ask, well, what, what actually is the word of God? John 1 has, this, has things being described more as a person than it is an actual thing. John 1 is describing the word of God to be a person more than a thing. They use pronouns like him and that there was, there was life being created through him. He existed in the beginning. The word was God. The word was with God. Guys, who is the word of God? Good answer, Dom, 10 Jesus points for you. Good job. The word of God is Jesus. If you want to know God's heart, if you want to know God's heart for you and for me, if you want to see God's love for us and God's care for us and God's character and his nature, you want to see him. Guys, we need to look no further than Jesus because Jesus is the word of God described in John chapter one. And all of human history, all of the pages of this book, all of the Bible point, all of the words on this page point to the heart of God 
the word of God, who is Jesus. So yes, the Bible is an actual physical book that we have in our hands. It's got words in it. But the Bible also talks about that the one that represents God's character and nature and communicates his heart, the word of God is Jesus. So what I want to do in the remaining time that we have is I want to propose another question to you. A couple minutes ago, I asked you, what are you doing with, this, with the word of God? Do we read it regularly? Do we engage with this book regularly? Do we connect with the heart of God regularly? And maybe you, hopefully you answered honestly, you said yes or no, and you answered why or why not, but I wanna take things one step further because all of this Bible points to the person and work of Jesus on the cross. And because of that, chances are what the, the level that you are engaging with this book the level that you are engaging with the word of God is probably pretty closely tied to the level that you are engaging with Christ himself. You guys catch that? It's not to say that Jesus and the Bible are the exact same thing because they're not, but our approach towards the word of God, the, the, the words of God, the heart of God, well, if we know that Jesus is God's heart for us, it represents so much of God's character. What Jesus did on the cross for us reminds us of God's heart and his love for us, the word of God in Christ. Our approach to the Bible, man, probably looks very similar to our approach to Jesus. And so if we're not regularly in our word, we can probably assume that we're probably not feeling very close to Christ in this season of our life. If we're not regularly pursuing God in his word, we're probably not sensing his presence day in and day out in our life. And so what I want to ask you this year, the question I want to launch the whole year with is, is not, hey, what are you going to do with the Bible this year? My question to you is, what are you going to do with Jesus this year? What's your approach towards faith? What's our, what's our attitude towards Christ? And I'm not trying to say any of this from a perspective of guilt or shame. And if you're like, man, I haven't been in my Bible in six months. I haven't really connected with Jesus in six months. This is not a like, well, shame on you conversation. This is simply an awareness conversation of where are you at? Because many of us this year, we want to journey with Jesus. I'm going to guess that in some capacity, you're here tonight because you recognize that even if in limited fashion, that you want to journey with Jesus this year, you want to know what he has for you, you want to know his goodness and his character and his grace, and you want to understand him and maybe be conformed to his image. If you're here, that's probably at least a piece of the desire of your heart. So before we start that journey this year, we have to understand where are we right now when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, because what we're doing with the Bible probably reveals a lot of how we're doing with Jesus. Now, Jesus doesn't save us because we are faithful Bible readers. Jesus doesn't come into our life because we spend time with him every single day. No, Jesus saves us because he's good. Jesus saves us because he's full of grace and love and compassion and forgiveness, and he offers that gift to anyone who wants it. And so we don't read our Bible to be made right with Christ. We don't read our Bible so that, so that we might be saved. No, Jesus, uh, for the, all those who trust in him, Jesus just simply saves us 
And then in response to a relationship with him, we get to know his character. We get to know his heart through his word, the scriptures. So what we want to do this year as a ministry is we want to be Bible people because nothing has clearly, as clearly communicated the heart of God, the picture of Jesus Christ as this book right here. So if you want to get to know Jesus, the truth, yes, we're going to preach the truth. Yes, your leaders have some great life experience to offer. Yes, we're here to do this journey with you. But nothing will lead you to the heart of God, to the personal work of Jesus, better than this book will. And so this year, what we want to be about, we want to be people of the Bible. We want to be leaning in. We want to be understanding what this word says. But we want to also recognize that many of us aren't doing that right now because it feels overwhelming and it feels difficult and we don't know where to start. We might not even have a Bible. And so we want to help this year make some things happen to make the Bible seem a little bit more accessible and easy to navigate. The, the beautiful thing is God has actually made his word accessible to all. We just sometimes don't see it that way. So what we want to do is we want to help us get into the word of God this year, not so that we get into the word of God, but so that you might better know Jesus. So I want to bring your attention to a couple things. There's these cards. Robert has them. Uh, Robert that Robert, this new Robert, there's actually a bunch of Roberts here now, uh, but Leader Robert has them. They're also going to be at the check-in carts every week. Um, when, if you show up to youth group and you bring your Bible with you, your paper Bible, one that looks like this or something like it, hold it. If you got your Bible here right now, just hold it up over your head. Good job. Good job, crew. If you bring your Bible, every time you bring your Bible, when you check in, Show the check-in people this card. They will take it, and they will put a little hole punch in it. And when you get a certain amount of hole punches, we'll give you a, a certain amount of things to help encourage you to keep on going. Once you get five, so like you check in five times, you get five hole punches, um, we'll give you dinner for free or a free drink from the coffee shop. Once you get 10, we'll give you a exclusive All About Jesus journal. You can only get here. It's pretty rad. Actually, they're pretty cool. Um, once you get 20... We'll give you a $20 gift card to Amazon or Hume Apparel, whichever one you pick. Once you get 30, we'll bring dinner for your life group. Um, if you get 50, we'll take you to the ravine for free next summer. And if you get 60, if you check in 60 times and you've got your Bible every single time, um, we are so... we are. We are interested to see how many people will actually will do this, and so we're not going to commit to what that reward is yet. We want to make it big time for those who actually do it. But that would mean almost every Sunday, every Wednesday, you're bringing your Bible. So when you show up, show the check-in person, I got my Bible. And then they'll stamp your little card. And then once you get all these stamps, man, I would love to take you to the ravine for free next summer because of what you're doing. Um, yes, questions? What's up? Phone Bibles do not count. Paper Bibles right here. And the reason is not to say that we're not in touch with the 21st century and that we, we know you have Bibles on your phone. However, what we also have in our phone is a thousand other distractions. If you do not have a Bible, we have free ones back there for you. We'd be happy to give you one. You could take one and take one for your friend on the way out. We also have a little more like specialty Bibles for sale. We have study Bibles, journal Bibles, and travel Bibles. Those are all, they're all only $10 a piece. 
And so if you want, there's no excuse this year to not have a paper Bible in your hand. Yes, sir. Does the action Bible count? Does the action Bible count? What is that? Show, show me it. Show me it. Show me it. Question. Same thing? I've never seen it. That sounds cool. Oh, okay. Show me it and I'll tell you. I'll give you the green light or not. This is the one right here. Make sure you grab these on the way out. Um, if you have any questions, talk to Robert or myself. Okay. Last things. Last things. If you also want a great place to start, we have this thing called the 90-Day Bible Challenge. This is hard, but it gives you a place to start. You grab, they're back there by Robert. Robert, you look like one of the Price is Right um, people that's kind of showing off all the... Do you know Bob Barker died? What a sad day in human existence. I digress. Robert's got 90-Day Bible Challenges. Check this out. Listen up. If you get a friend... You get a friend, and then you commit to doing this together. Every day you check in, and you say, did you do it? Good job. Did you do it? Good job. And you keep going. But every time you and your friend both do it, you move on to the next section. Um, but if you miss a day, you go all the way back to the last checkpoint, right? If you can complete, what you could do is you could start the 90-Day Bible Challenge now, and before Christmas, you will have read the entire New Testament. That's pretty rad. It, what, it's, a, it's a big challenge, but you got some people here who would be down to do it with you. Um, we have Bibles for you, of these Bible cards. We want to see you guys in your Bibles this year, and the reason is not because we want us to play pretend church, and this is what looks like a good pretend church. Like, look at us. We brought our Bibles. I'm living a life of, of darkness and of sin, but I brought my Bible. Hey, listen, if that's where you are, that's a great place to start, but what I believe is that the more time you spend in here reading these words, the more you will be connecting with the heart of the Father, the more you'll be connecting with God and his character and his nature and the person and work of Jesus. And this is what God's work through his word is what transforms lives. My words and your leader's words from the stage, though we try really hard, our words don't change lives. Our words don't really matter in the scheme of eternity. It's the word of God that changes people and the word of God that is good for all of human existence. We want you to be in here because we believe the youth group is great, the pizza is great, the messages are great, the games are great, especially when the leaders win, but the best stuff of our youth group, the best stuff of our God is actually just knowing God and his character and his heart. And this is the, this is the way to do it right here. So we want you to know Jesus this year better than you do right now. So that at the end of this year, when someone says, hey, how often are you in your Bible? How often are you connecting with the heart of God, with Jesus? You could say, oh yeah, that's a pretty regular thing, and my life is better because of it. That's our hope for you guys.